No, they know you never talk about your money. Right, so at Liverpool in the 80s, you, you'd no idea? No, no. Well, we, the only idea was that Kenny was on far more than he was. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Late Night LOI Pod, live every Friday at 10pm on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. We are back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Late Night League of Ireland with myself, Jane Keegan, and Mr. Johnny Ward. I think Nathan Murphy might be floating around there somewhere as well. And uh, apologies for us returning slightly later than advertised, but we're Late Night with League of Ireland with myself, Jane Keegan, and the world. Ward, I think um, but I think we're all there. Johnny, how are you? I'm good, Shane. Just uh, just at the Carlisle grounds uh, tonight. And uh, so just uh, coming out of the Carlisle grounds, a good win for Bowie United. But obviously the big story is at Oriel Park, uh, where Dundalk all of a sudden have closed the gap in Shamrock Rovers. So lots to talk about, Shane. They surely have. Johnny, you saw a goal fest down there. And uh, a man who I spent an entire season playing at centre-back has now gone clear as the top goal scorer in the league to Ireland First Division, I see. Yeah, I spoke to uh, John Coffin about it after the game. Um, I think they said they played Walshie up front in some sort of a, a trial game or something and he did quite well. But it's been amazing and he scored so many important goals and he just looks such a natural and two really good goals again tonight and uh, I thought it was interesting to see uh, two knights on the pitch as well. Two brothers of... Uh, Jason Knight, uh, one one the younger brother looks a lovely player as well. So it was a very interesting night at the Carlisle Grounds, but Bowie United marching on back uh, towards the top of the table. Certainly did. Uh, I was down in Marcus Field, down watching Treaty United, who, uh, given Wexford Youth's impressive win and picking up three points, needed to, to, to pick up three of their own. And they, they duly obliged, made somewhat hard work, but went 1-0 up uh, quite early and, and had numerous a uh, tuna up quite early even we went numerous chances to put it to bed before Athlone struck one back and forced it to make it made a, a game far uh, far more competitive than it looked like it was ever going to be really to be honest but certainly get onto the 3D United Twitter feed where you will see Jack Lynch take a free kick from about uh, somewhere between 5-10 yards inside the halfway line and uh decides to zing it apparently on his manager Tommy Barrett's say so he's claiming that he shouted at him last minute to try it uh, zinged it straight in to the back of the net absolutely brilliant strike top top call from him um, but yeah I suppose Johnny as you say there is certainly one talking point probably above all others um, based on, on tonight's results um, so if you're a if you're a Shamrock Rovers fan, give us a shout and let us know where it went wrong. I would imagine the absence of uh, Jack Byrne and Graham Burke might have a hell of a lot to do with them uh, not managing to find the back of the net and been beaten 1-0. Um, and even more so, if you're a fan of Dundalk, give us a shout. An absolutely fa- superb result, superb result. The only thing I saw of it so far was uh, McCarry. Did you see it, Johnny? McCarry's wonderful cross in for Robbie's finish. I did indeed. We were talking to uh, Stephen O'Donnell during the week just on the, on the podcast and I was just asked him about Robbie Benson and, um, you know, in fairness, the quality moments he's delivered. Macari's cross was utterly superb and uh, got a text from a Dundalk fan the first half saying Rovers were playing hoofball and then he replied at the end of the game something to the effect that best team in the League of Ireland, best League of Ireland team ever my arse, something like that. So a stern <laughs> examination of Sean Rovers now and 
the dogs just quietly creeping up and I think in terms of their development they're nowhere near Stephen O'Donnell envisioned them to be but also Shane what has happened to Derry City I mean even tonight they go 1-0 up against the Drogs team that have lost two hugely influential players back out on loan and have players out injured and whatever else and they can't get over the line against Drogheda they barely scrape a point against Finn Harps at home I cannot get my head around this yeah, I was, I was really, really surprised at that one. I went looking at the team sheet to see if that would give me any kind of pointers towards it. I suppose the only thing I could spot was the two regular full-backs um, were both out. Boyce, Boyce was out, I'm not sure. I'm sure, hopefully, we might get a Derry fan on and might be able to fill us in. Boyce was out. He's been massively impressive so far this season. Um, and neither Toll or Lafferty were, were available at left-back either. That would have taken from them, but... I mean, John, you're still looking like from what I could see from the setup, it looks as though it was possibly kind of a midfield diamond of Dunigan sitting with Patrick McElhenney, Will Patching either side and Brandon Cabin at the front of it. I mean, that's that's as good as you'll get anywhere um, and a serious front two as well. So, as you say, not really sure what managed to go to go wrong there, but hopefully people will, will give us a shout and let us know. Uh, the only request I see there at the moment to get us going is Keith Ryan. I don't know whether Keith, I don't know whether Keith was at the game or whether he's going to rely on Johnny to give us a, a rundown of what went wrong, but I, I'd imagine somehow or another he was there. He usually is. Keith, t- fill us in. Hey, Shane. Hey, Johnny. How are you? Not too bad at all yourself. Good, good. Um, yeah, I was at the game, uh, Shane. Um, look, I thought a couple of weeks ago when we spoke that the Trina win against Athlone was going to kickstart us. Uh, we got a, a good one-all draw. Let's be honest, a good one-all draw last week against Longford. Uh, down to 10 men for the last quarter of the game. So, uh, you'll accept that. Um, and then tonight, like, Johnny, Johnny would have been at the game, obviously, and he, he would have seen, like, two... Two very bad goals to give away in the first half. Um, and the man you mentioned, Stephen Walsh, like he's firing on all cylinders really for Galway. And he's he, it looks like he's gonna he's, he's gonna fire Galway very close to the to the first division title, you know. Um fine player. And all night all night Galway just bullied Bray. Um they're a good physical side, you know. And I th- I don't know if you if you take the same view, Johnny, but I thought the subs for Bray at half time changed the game a little bit just after half time. And definitely Shane, yeah. And um definitely and, and definitely Keith, sorry, and the, the uh I thought it the whole way from their whole from their own sort of goal um all the way to a goal from one of the subs. I thought Young Knight did well as well. I thought there were some promising moments from Bray, but I mean, ultimately, it, this is a very, very disappointing season, Keith. I mean, Bray Wanderers should be challenging at worst for playoffs, and it, it was very disappointing. Not a not a particularly good crowd. Um, I think the best thing you have going for you at the moment is your curry chips, which I thought was the best I've ever had in the League of Ireland ground. <laughs> um, you see, the thing is, Johnny, um, allegedly, allegedly now, I say allegedly, but after the hassle, that's happened at away games and home games there was there was people not allowed in the ground and again I'll repeat allegedly uh, there was there, there was drums banned from the ground uh, flags were banned from the ground so it felt like a bit of a graveyard tonight let's be honest and uh, obviously the 5-1 the 5-1 defeat won't help either you know um, I think after after Daryl Lynch's goal Galway obviously took over you know and 
Emling's got a bit of a, let's be honest, a bit of a fluke from the from the touch line um, over Boyd Kelly, and then Adiemo and uh, and Hurdy obviously um, scored the two remaining goals. So uh, can you still have your feet? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I lost so, you there. I, I lost yeah. you there. And, and, and Keith, like, I mean, going, in, going into tonight's game, Johnny says you should be in the hunt. Like, you kind you kind well, certainly going into tonight's game, you are in the hunt. I mean, you were I mean, you were 11 on points with Wexford and only three behind three, I think, heading into tonight's after the bit of a renaissance you'd had recently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's there's still a long way to go, but, like, you can't be shipping five goals at home. Like, we've had a very poor record at home, uh, let's be honest. We've uh, one home win this season against Athlone. Um, you know, it's it's Waterford up next week and then Cork. So, I think Johnny said a few weeks ago that the the games that were coming up for Bray, um, they weren't pretty. So, uh, for, for us to go to Waterford next week and then Cork at home, two teams that are obviously chasing at the top of the table, you know, I don't know. I can't see anything from Bray in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's look, it's 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 going to be tough to uh, like six point gap now to treaty. Look, I suppose the only thing you'd say is a six point gap at that part of the table isn't the same as as a six point gap up the top because obviously there is likely to be more points dropped um, in and around the middle of the table than there is lower down. But you do have a you do have a big challenge on your hands at this stage, Keith, to try and grab that fifth spot by the looks of things. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the, the the crucial thing is, Shane, that when we do come up against Treaty, Wexford or Cove even, you know, you have to be beating those teams around you, particularly at home, you know, because it, they'll end up being six-pointers um, later on the season. So uh, just just to say, I think all we are stunning side, you know, in terms of physicality, I mean, they just they just bully teams off, and that's what needs to break tonight. Obviously, break. We have a lot of younger players, you know, and uh, you could see the physicality difference in the in the two teams. And I thought David Hurley, um, Johnny, you might agree, David Hurley was impressive in midfield tonight. David Hurley did well. Yeah, he's he's a lovely, lovely footballer. And in fairness, you know, Steve Walsh scored so early. We had we kind of had a foothold in the game, but. I was impressed going United. Um, I don't know, Shane, if you realise Ronan Manning started his first game for since his return. His brother Ryan was in the ground, um, so a proud sort of night for him. But Ronan showed real flashes. He was taken off, wasn't very happy to be taken off. But United have a very, very strong bench, like really strong bench, a load of, of quality to bring on. And John Caulfield was buzzing afterwards. And uh, it's going to be a hell of a race in the first race. It's going to be a hell of a race. I don't know what to make of Bray. I just, I just think I'd be worried, Keith, that... After all the messing off the pitch, the North Korea stuff, and then the kind of revival of Renaissance and back in the community, I just hope it doesn't fall by the wayside Celtic again because, you know, people are disenfranchised. I hope not. I hope not as well, um, Johnny, because, as you said, there's been ups and downs, and then there was ups with, with Niall O'Driscoll, his takeover, and, you know, I, I don't know where the club is at the moment. Um, they're... I think they are trying their best behind the scenes. Uh, I, I really do, but uh, there's there is a disconnection. There certainly is a disconnection somewhere along the uh, line. Keith, Keith, can I ask you, like the whole merger thing? Like, are, are people at the ground now who used to be Cabin Teeley fans, or have you gained like are are there, have you gained any fans from this merger, or is there any are you seeing any new faces around the place, or has there been any upside to the merger at all? 
yeah, there, there definitely is people around the ground um, wearing Cabin Teeley, uh, old Cabin Teeley tops. There definitely is, you know. Um, so the merger has brought uh, a number of people in. Um, and, you know, there, there's obviously, I, I'm not sure what their views are on the whole merger, um, whether they're happy or not. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Shane, it's 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 um everyone knows about the, the problems that happened last week in Longford's um top story um in the league that night. So what's happening off the field? It's not good. Um, and as I said, the club are trying to help uh kind of get rid of all this. Uh, but um, you know, the problem is getting fans into the ground. Um, and with a five-one defeat, uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I think just to, to, to know as well, like I'm just on the way back with Jonathan Higgins here to down on the N11 or whatever, and like there's a massive stretch of South Dublin now that basically the, its football club is, the closest football club is Bray, and Bray and Cam Dealey have, they have a large, large kind of area that they could tap in and get people on the dark line to come and watch Hello. League of Ireland if they run it right, and hopefully they, you know, hopefully the club will become sustainable but like there is potential there um, you know there, there's a lot of young players in the area that should want to play for Bray and play in the League of Ireland um, um, I'm just not sure if at this stage the likes of Pat Devlin and Eddie Gormley are, are, are the sort of the right managers because you know, Devlin's been around a long long time but like maybe maybe they need fresh somebody fresh at this stage because there's a lot of potential the Carlisle grounds potential to be a beautiful ground real old school ground lovely Georgian buildings around it great place to go if you're on the train um, and there's, there's, me, there's huge, there's huge potential there. I can't change. I think our line went down there. Um, Giggsy, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, Shane, I can hear you. I think we might be having some problems with Shane tonight. Can you hear me there, lads? Yeah, you can I, indeed, Shane. I can hear you. Yeah, this is turning into a, a, com- a comedy sort of a gig, really. But uh, if you can hear me, uh, J- Keith and Johnny are definitely still here. Hello. And uh, we Shane, Shane is struggling to dial in somewhere on the road between Limerick and uh, Rat Downey, I'd say. But uh, yeah, so we're we're reporting. Anyone who was at uh, some of the Fern Vision games, please do request to come on because I'd love to hear uh, somebody who was uh, particularly at Oriel or or the Brandywell. Obviously, didn't really mention as well a massive win for Bowes with ten men. Uh, I was sure they were going to concede, but Shell's old problem of not being able to score goals seemed to resurface. Uh, that was a huge win. Dawson Devoy in the score sheet as well, um, and in the first division, obviously Wexford staying very much in the in the race by winning in Cove, um, but. I don't know, Keith. I suppose before we get we get Shane back, um, you're just hoping that Bray will end up finishing fifth anyway. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's the aim now, uh, Johnny. Um, I mean, they're not going to finish any higher than that. Longford seem to have fourth place sewn up, and then Waterford are obviously third. And the two top teams, Cork and Galway, will fight it out probably to the death. Um, so yeah, fifth place. Look, we can only hope. But um, if you get to the playoff, like I mean, you're going to end up playing a, a Cork or a Waterford. So. Uh, you'll probably go out in the first round. But uh, funnier things have happened. Thanks very much for that, Keith. Cheers, Johnny. Take care. Stay home. I think we may have... I'm a little bit new to this now, but I'm trying to get uh, David in. Uh, can you hear me, David Sheehan? 
Johnny, are you able to hear me there? I can indeed, Shane. I'm just trying to get David Sheehan. I believe he might have been an Oriole tonight. Maybe David can come in. If 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 you can come in, David, do come in. Shane, are you back in the house here? Few problems with Shane there. Is that Giggsy, is it? It isn't David yet. Giggsy, talk to me. Were you in were you in Oriole? I wasn't. Oh, unfortunately, I couldn't make it tonight. The missus gave birth to twins last weekend, so oh. I had to watch it on LOI TV. But, um, I so that was last weekend. That, that was, that was, we, that's old news now. <laughs> I don't think that we deserved um, to win tonight, to be honest. Yeah, I heard, um, congratulations, first of all, Giggsy. But I, I just heard now, I was from a Dundalk fan, or certainly Dundalk leaning man, that Rovers just sounded poor tonight, and then salt in the wound with Ronan Finn getting sent off against his old club. Yeah, like the fourth yellow cards in the fourth half, uh, Hilburn had two players around him and Finn came in and it looked like, now I was obviously watching on the screen, it looked like he got a bit of the ball, but obviously Hilburn went down. Um, I thought that that was probably a bit harsh. Now the second yellow card, you can understand why the ref then gave him, you know, the second yellow um, but I think as a whole tonight, I don't think we deserved it. Um, I've been on here before. I was talking to you before about um, Amakio and Aaron Green, and you were saying that surely Amakio was, you know, ahead of Aaron Green the pecking order. And I was arguing, saying that no, I thought Green was. Now he brought Green on tonight, but I thought that tonight was a game for maybe Amakio to come on. Mm. Yeah, and like obviously it'd be it'd be interesting what happens there. Like, did Rovers create many chances or? Um, no, not really. You know, like. Uh, you know, as I said before, when I was on, you know, Gaffney tends to lead the line very well, but players coming off him, you know, um, and I don't think that we had that tonight. Now, I was talking with a few Rovers fans during the week, we were talking about Jack, um, and I don't think Jack has been himself totally this season. I know he was named in a lot of the, you know, half-time teams of the year and stuff. I still think he has a couple of more gears and I don't think he's been himself, but I think tonight we missed that little bit of, you know, something to give us to create them chances, if you like. Yeah, I suppose, Shane, in fairness, if you can hear me, the, um, the this is just a good result for the league. We didn't, I mean, with Derry's challenge faltering or whatever it is, uh, Dundalk, who, I mean, I think it's entirely feasible the dog can strengthen as well. Um, when when they when when they have that possibility, I think the owners are going to back Stephen O'Donnell, and all of a sudden, Shane, um, it's almost like the old days. Dundalk and Rovers possibly in a title race. It is. It's it's amazing, Johnny. I couldn't have seen it. Firstly, apologies for my technical gremlins, as you can imagine. The old Wi-Fi as I arrived back into Leash now wouldn't be the most wonderful, but um. Yeah, look, it, it is, and, and I mean, it just has to be said again, what a job Stevie O'Donnell is doing. I think he's probably outperforming his own expectations at the moment. I think he would have seen this season as a, you know, a bedding-in process, and if he managed to, you know, scrape into Europe, I think he would have been fairly happy with it. But at the moment, um, you know, it was uh, his former teammate, Rory Higgins, who was getting all the early season plaudits, but, but Stevie has, has certainly usurped him at the moment, and they just have a real grit about them, don't they? I think that's their, their third 1-0 win um, on the bounce. And he has them motoring along very, very, very nicely. Like, Giggsy, was there more 
Is is it oversimplified to say that? I know you were saying Jack hasn't been at his best. I agree with you. He has had moments of brilliance without consistently been been kind of of the level that we expect of him. But like, is it too simplified to say that the reason you weren't yourselves tonight was because you know you can probably cope without either Graham or Jack, but to have neither of the two, without having either of the two of them, were you were you just kind of a little bit ordinary? Um, yeah, Shane, probably, but I mean. You know, you look at the squad that we have, we should be able to, I mean, we should be able to adapt to what we're playing against. And, mm. you know, Richie Tell, obviously, he was nominated last month for Player of the, player of the Month. And um, I think he tends to kind of have that little bit between his teeth when he plays against Dundalk, especially the last couple of times. Didn't totally maybe happen for him tonight. But, look, we've got a massive game next week. Um obviously a derby uh, and, and I was just laughing you were talking before the break and you guys are basically saying that you know it's more or less you know we were going to run away with it and you were asking me and I was kind of going no we've got to go win the games and mm-hmm. all, of a sudden, all of a sudden we are Dundalk are five points behind with a game in hand so yeah like whatever about Derry now we've got to worry about Dundalk but we've got to we've got to make sure that we got to win our own games first and starting with a massive game next week because Bowes obviously beat Shells 1-0 tonight like you know they'll be coming into it and you know they'll be thinking you know, they'll be something against Rovers but yeah I don't know maybe a couple of players will be uh, back from injury and that next week so you know you never know I, I'm assuming the, the Andy the Andy I'm assuming the Andy Lyons absence was just down to the to the, the heavy heavy workload with the twenty ones game, was it? It's, he's he's become such an important player for you too though, Geeksy. I don't know, could you afford to be without him tonight on a night where you didn't have like he I know he's a wing back, but he's arguably the next most creative force behind behind Burke and, and, and Jack. He I would imagine he would have been a big loss not having him there tonight too. Well that's what I was just talking to a Rovers fan there, um through WhatsApp. Um, it, like he didn't actually. He only played. Uh, you know, he did. He, he didn't play every game over that uh, international period. I think he only came on in one of the games there um, last week. Like so, I I don't understand it personally. But I mean, again, I'm not the manager either. So, you know, you have to trust what the lads are doing. Like maybe they brought him back in. He could have been third. He could have been this. He could have been that. I don't know. Like you know, you have to kind of trust the lads to. Make- the condition of the players and what they feel is right for the team but no matter what player we put out on the pitch I think everybody would probably agree that the squad that we have there's probably you know 16, 17, 18 that would probably be starters for every team in the league you know but you've no divine right to go and win a game because of that you've got to go out and actually create and you know perform and look hands up we didn't do that tonight but it's it's not again it's not panic stations you know we just the lads I'm sure will get back in over the weekend Monday and get ready for Friday and that's that's what we have to do absolutely Giggsy fair fair play to you for the call as ever really appreciate it thanks Giggsy now lads see if Shane if you can get David Sheehan in he's waiting patiently there to come in to speak um, I believe he may have been at uh, I'm thinking he might have been at the game in Oriel but if if he's not um. Just in terms of Stephen O'Donnell, Shane, it, it is it is a hell of a, a job he's doing when you think of how important the players he's brought in. I think Conley's been brilliant. Shepard, to me, has done very well. And another of the additions, Macari, setting up the winner. Yeah, look, like you say, Johnny, yeah, yeah, just, 
he's he's definitely I'll, I'll be honest with you right at at the start of the season i was kind of scratching my head wondering had he had he fully thought this one through like i know obviously look we had a whole kind of rigmarole around the whole situation how it came to be and but just putting myself in his shoes i was looking and going okay i can definitely imagine there was a big big pull on the hard strings you know after everything he achieved as a player at dundalk i could see maybe why he wanted to go back there but in terms of the current strength of the two squads, where the two squads were in terms of their kind of journey, for want of a better word for describing in terms of, you know, building, um, you know, the finances even available, different things like that. I was thinking to myself, has he has he really thought this on true? Like, has he, has he actually taken a backward step? But to be fair to him, he's... Uh, He's pretty much got it bang on at the moment. He really, really has. Now, look, I would be, I would be very interested to hear Pats fans, Bose fans. They've tended to be kind of quick enough to come on and and kind of give out when when things results haven't gone their way. Both of those have turned around and picked up positive results again tonight. Um, it's just as we keep saying, it's just so so compact in that top half of the table, and it's going to lead to such a, a really really interesting and intriguing fight for those European places as we get to the latter stages, isn't it? It absolutely is. If you if you just try to get David in there, Shane, I'm I'm kind of slighting you as to how this works, but um if you if you can if you can do that as I kind of babble away uh, aimlessly in the background, I, I do think it's a it's a great result. Just Julian was texting in there and he made a good point that it was a bad night for the teams um obviously going into Europe and uh, I I just I just cannot get my head around uh kind of get my head around the dairy situation, Shane. Like if you if you if you think and and I, I you you slag me for knee jerk reactions, but like if you saw the dairy team in in Tala, how can you reconcile that with their performances or results? Since it makes no, it just completely baffles me. Maybe there's an explanation there, but. I was initially Johnny putting it down. By the way, I've sent David an invite there to speak, so hopefully we'll see if he can accept that and come on and chat with us. But um, I I was initially putting it down as a hangover from the Tala game and the previous game. If you remember, they had Pats at home the previous week and they kind of were way, way the better side that night and didn't manage to get anything from, or sorry, only managed to get a draw from the game. And I was kind of putting it down as a, you know, a hangover of how the hell have we only got one point from two really, really good performances and that they needed to kind of wrap their heads around that. But Jesus Christ, Johnny, we've all had bad hangovers, but they usually don't last this many weeks. I mean, it's, it's more than a hangover at this stage, so it is, because those results were a good few weeks ago now. I, I think Jordan Jordan deserve massive credit as well. They've they've twenty one points from nineteen games and to lose the two lads to Lincoln and the injuries that they've had, um they're only three points off Shelburne. It's been a brilliant, brilliant season for them so far. A, a nice ten point gap. Like a big game in the Northwest Derby tomorrow night. But uh I suppose the the other story for me, Shane, I mean Bowes, I think they badly needed to win that game against Shells. They got the job done. Kieran Kelly sent off, and uh, I'm sure there was a great atmosphere in in in, in Daily Mount as well. Yep, yeah, most definitely. I think we finally have David. How are you keeping, David? How are you, lads? You can hear me. Not okay? too bad, no, all yourself. Yeah, not a bother. I'm I'm somewhere in Tyrone at the moment. I think on my way back from the Brandywell. So uh, yeah, hopefully the signal holds up. Well, Phil is in, David. Um. Well, I mean, as, as Johnny was saying there, like, you know, Drada were going up there without... Oh, have we lost him, Johnny? This is why partition was a bad idea, I'm telling you. <laughs> Can you hear us, David? Yes. You're coming and going there. Like they... 
It should have been. The, um, can you hear me okay? We can hear you now, David. We have you now again. We have Sorry, you now yeah, again. Yeah. They should have. They they should have been probably three 0 down at half time. Really, Drada. Like they, I don't know how Derry didn't put the ball in the net. There was one goal made scrap. We're in trouble, Johnny. Have a couple of small problems with David. Yeah, it, it obviously can happen as as you. Uh... But, but uh, so yeah, they were. Go they on, were David. Up we, we have you again. Sorry, it's probably the signal here is a bit scratchy, I think. They were lucky to be one, only one down at half-time. Second half, Derry got in, but didn't really create a huge amount. They had a few half-chances. Then Drada got a penalty, say, 13 minutes to go. I think it was a bit of a nudge on Ryan Brennan, but he, he felt the Yeah, We're kind of trying to get the, 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 the juice of what David is... We'll just, we'll just see if we can get David back in a minute. Just, just We'll go back to David in a minute. We'll keep him there as a, as a, a listener. But you do imagine, Shane, that um, Rory Higgins is literally tearing his hair out. Because as David says there, they obviously should have um, they should have had the game wrapped up probably in the first half. And this isn't the first time where they should have won a game they didn't. Yeah, and look, like you are saying, I think it's... Uh, is it? Jeez, I'm just looking here. I was about to say five or six games since their last win. I'm looking here, Johnny. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's eight games since they last won a game. Jesus, I, I knew that they were... That is insane. I knew they were on a slide. I didn't realise it was that much of a slide. Um, so, yeah, look... Can you come back in there, David? Good. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we have you, David. Go on. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, yeah. like you were saying there, that they should have been. Derry should have been out of sight at half time. Um, they didn't. They didn't take the opportunities when they came, and uh, they were kind of made pay in the end in the second half with that penalty. So, like, like you said, Rory Higgins would be absolutely fuming. Like they were, they were the much the better team in the first half. Had lots of the ball, created some really good chances and just how they didn't score as I said like they they, they should have it was just bad luck really that they didn't manage to stick it in the net and draw it and just scrambled a couple of them off the goal line almost you know um, and David listen Johnny 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 made the point there that you know it's, I suppose Derry's collapse has kind of drawn the attention but you do have to swing this the other way and talk about Drogheda I mean I'll hold my hand yeah. up. I, I, I would have said in my head at the start of the season it was it was I saw it'd been a battle between who was going to finish ninth and tenth between Drogheda and UCD, if I'm honest. Um yeah. they're now ten points clear of Finn Harps. Granted Harps have a game in hand, but ten points is a yeah. massive gap down that end of the table. I mean, Kevin has done an absolutely brilliant job, has he? Yeah, and like they had a couple of lads on the bench today who were just under nineteen, just to make up the numbers really. Keith Cowan didn't didn't come on at all. He was on the bench, he didn't come in. So they had Evan Weir and Andrew Quinn playing at centre-back, who've played most of the season as full-backs, the two of them. But, you know, Evan Weir and Quinn, the two of them in particular, were right standing. Andrew Quinn kept kept McGonigal fairly quiet for the most part. Um, he had one good chance at the end from a header, but just couldn't direct it onto the target. So those two lads have really stepped up, you know. For lads that were both playing, were both playing full-back earlier in the season, have had to go into the centre, and they were both really good. Like I said, they did ride their luck in the first half, there's no doubt about that. But as Kevin said to me afterwards, Strada always fancy, fancy that they'll get a chance or two, and if they can just stay in the game, 
they can dig it out. But they're, they're definitely going to need to bring in a couple of bodies. I think Kevin said they're going to hope to try and bring in three or four. Like they, they lost the two lads to Lincoln, as we said. So they're going to need to bring in a couple as well to, to, to pad it out a bit. And, of course, Mark Hughes is retired. So, yeah, look, Derry would be raging that they didn't get to get the three points. But it's a, it's a fantastic result for Drada. And, uh, as you said, it, it keeps that kind of fairly big gap between themselves and Finn Harp. Johnny, I think I, I think I might have said it on the show before, but we, I, uh, Andy Quinn was at Dundalk during my time at at Dundalk, and uh, it was actually kind of part of my role to to find a club for him to go out on loan to Gary Cronin took him um from me at uh, or to, to brought him in at Bray um for a while. Do you know these footballers are more so footballers? Isn't even the right word to you, people. These young fellas. You know the kind of young fella who. Okay, he's not absolute standout, and there's maybe one or two ahead of him in the pecking order based on ability alone. But you know the kind of personality where you just say he is going to forge a career for himself because he's just so determined, so level-headed, so con- you know, so convinced that he he has to make the most of what he has. I'm, I'm delighted to hear David talk about him. He's a cracking, cracking young fella, and he's just so, 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 so solid. Um, and br- brilliant here. He done well tonight, David, because Mark and McGonigal is no small task. Yeah, and he's like you know, Shane. He's he's um, he's pacey. He's not like you to look at him. He's not the most physically intimidating guy, mm-hmm. but but like yep. he puts himself, he puts himself about like you know, and he he got his body across a lot a lot tonight and gets a leg in and he's he's very good at standing lads up. You don't see him making rash challenges too often, you know. He generally will will wait his wait his moment and stick a leg out and, and just nick the ball away. So he seems like a, a sort of a smart enough defender as well. He's he's not going to jump in and make a crazy challenge or anything like that. So he was yeah, he was really good tonight. They all they all did really well considering who they were missing and, and the lads that were gone. Um it was a really good performance, really good point for them. Um, up against it, obviously, but but yeah, a really good performance and a really good point for them to, to dig it out. David, fair play. Listen, thanks a million for giving us a shout. Thanks, David. No bother, lads. Take it easy. Johnny, we're a bit bit quieter on callers tonight. Um, I had assumed we'd have plenty of Shamrock Rovers fans on shouting from from the rooftops, but not not quite so at the moment. Um, you'll be looking for Longford to do you a favour tomorrow night. Yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of a situation of just, do, do, you know, win your own games or whatever. Like, this, I, I, I do think the, the squad depth is huge for Galway United. Like, there, there really isn't. You look at Manning coming in tonight, Lombardo coming off the bench, both had serious injuries. Uh, Manu Dimas came off the bench, Adeyemo's, um hardly got a look in. He came off the bench. And John Caulfield was, was talking afterwards about um, playing a passing style. And, I mean, he's not noted for that. But I have to say, like, it was a fairly offensive... Um, formation Go United played and they've scored an awful lot of goals I asked him afterwards as well about um, Alex Murphy who's you know he's closing in on his move to uh, Newcastle United he had another excellent game tonight and uh, you know you're you're looking at Nathan Collins during the week it's a long way off for Alex Murphy but like hopefully Alex Murphy could one day play for Ireland I think he's uh, we're, we're crying out for a left-sided centre-back in that back three and maybe uh, maybe it'll be Alex someday but uh, it's it's fascinating mm. to see who he gets on I, I think a, a broader point here and Dan McDonnell um, would have touched on this in the in the independent about the Bazuna kind of move being a template for the poster boy for Irish moves like uh, Go United by all accounts have done very well and will do very well over the Newcastle United deal as well um, and this is a sign of what can be achieved if you invest in your academy Shane I think and I presume down in Treaty you're, you know, you're, that, you're cognizant of that too Yeah look there's there's huge huge moves been made on, on that front Johnny to be honest with you and like 
without speaking out of turn, I think the FAI have been fairly open about kind of their plans around the whole structure. There's a, a categorization um, kind of format is the next thing that's been rolled out where where each club's uh, academy will be kind of granted a, you know, almost a, a star rating for want of a, a kind of a blunt way of putting it um, that will dictate kind of the, the financial funding that each of them get. And I, I think that's brilliant. You need to, you need to reward the clubs that are putting, you know, serious time and it's time more so than investment because, you know, it's all well and good for the Shamrock Rovers of, of this world. They have a fantastic setup, an absolutely fantastic setup, but, they they have had the money to put into that setup, if that makes sense. So the likes of of treaties and many other clubs, it's it's a very very different um, challenge for them, a very very different uh, kind of prospect in terms of how they go about it. But to be fair, the FAI are are incentivizing you know clubs to do the right thing here and 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 try and invest. I mean, if you think about it, for the likes of treaty, and there's far more. I'm just speaking on treaty's behalf on this one. I suppose there's a lot of clubs in treaties, both where. Like a club like Treaty is never ever going to have the money, I would think, to be signing players from other parts of the country and you know paying players big wages. So they have absolutely no option but to go about producing the best possible players they can and developing their own players and bringing them through. And I think every club is, you know, there's there's hardly a club in the League of Ireland who you couldn't look at and say that they've made massive massive strides in that department. And I say, look. To be fair, the FBI get a, a lot of stick and I'm not saying they're getting everything right at the underage side of things, but I think they have done a, a hell of a, a good job. I think Will Clark in particular was a, a fantastic appointment for them there and it's moving in the right direction. Hopefully there's plenty more Gavin Bazunas and Alex Murphys to come. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's mad when you look at like all the, the nonsense about the protocol and this Brexit mess that's been created and all these things that they didn't think about, like, you know, including Northern Ireland. But this um, you know, this I must thank Jonathan Higgins. I'm just getting back to Harris Cross now. He dropped me literally to the door here, so I must thank Jonathan Higgins. We've had a good night tonight. But uh, you know, all these un- unintended consequences of Brexit, um, you know, this is this is one that I think could really revolutionize Irish football and you look now that you know you look at the the investors in the game here um you know i think three or four clubs are owned by you know billionaires effectively are partly owned by billionaires and maybe they are copping on to the fact that there's potential here because um this 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 whole offshoot of the brexit thing is just such a boon for us yeah, and look, Johnny, uh, people think we have this pre-planned. We genuinely don't. It, it's, it's interesting your timing and throwing it out there. So so what we had down at Treaty tonight was we had a meet and greet for uh, sponsors and potential sponsors. But this was specifically aimed at Academy. Um, so I had to get up in front of all of these people and do a presentation on what we're doing in our academy at the moment, how our academy currently looks, how the money we are getting so far has been spent, and more importantly, try and say to them, listen, if you were willing to invest some money in the Treaty United Academy, here's how we could take it to the next level. Here are the things we would love to do if we had extra financing. Um, And that pitch has been put forward essentially to the business community in Limerick. The people who were sitting in those chairs were, you know, very successful business people around the county. But as I say, specifically aimed at the academy and and that the money would be ring fenced for the academy and that it's not you know give us a few quid so we can sign a fella who gets us 20 goals it, it very much was aimed around the underage development you know our ability to build partnerships and that within the within the community and all of that kind of thing and look i'm i almost every club is doing some form of that i think everybody yeah. is, is realizing that there are people out there who 
if you give them a plan, a properly developed plan, and they can see what your intentions are and how you're going to try and get there, absolutely people are, are, are willing to step forward and, and, and put some of money. And you'd rather, you'd rather, Johnny, I'd say this a hundred times over, you'd rather find a hundred people willing to give you a thousand euro than, than find one person willing to give you a hundred thousand euro. You know, there's no doubt yeah. I think I think as well, and this might sound daft, but you know, I've made the point before that by and large dictatorships are very, 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 very bad. In dictatorships, things things happen because of the nature of listen, let's just do this. And one of the things that was good about the old FAI, um, one of the very few things arguably was that this seemed to be sort of bludgeoned through this League of Ireland underage. And I think it's re- I think it's revolutionised things because you see so many kids now at games with their tracksuits on, their families are there. It's become like a kind of a community thing and there are so many jobs available for coaches now at underage and so many things happening and uh, I, I think the National League underage league is not perfect but like I think it's revolutionised uh, where we're going and we've a long way to go and the Bazuna thing, it's eye-watering money, Shane. I mean, maybe we haven't taken it into account much, but like the, the cuts of three million for a League of Ireland club is, is is insane when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely colossal money. It really, really is. And look, just before we come off that topic, I suppose, Johnny, as you say, still a, a distance to go. I mean, the one I would love to see. So I spent Monday and Tuesday down at the Kennedy Cup. Uh, some of the people listening, I'm sure most of the people listening will be aware of, of what the Kennedy Cup is and, and what it represents. And we've now ended up in a situation where the Kennedy Cup and the quality of the Kennedy Cup is now a little bit diluted because it was just quite simply all of the top talent in Ireland, whereas now there's this kind of hodgepodge middle ground where, well, some of them are gone into League of Ireland level at under 14, some of them are still with their local leagues and therefore are playing at the Kennedy Cup. And I'll tell you who it's the biggest problem is for, is for parents because... yeah. Like parents wouldn't be as as well educated maybe as as some of ourselves would be on the whole thing and like imagine you're a a, a parent of a a talented thirteen year old and you know one manager is telling you you need to stay at your local league so you can play Candy Cup the other is telling you that the League of Ireland is the place to be and you need to get yourself there as quickly as possible I'd I'd love to see a situation on the horizon maybe where the Kennedy Cup runs comes down a year and runs up as far as under 13. So you join your local, league, your local club side as a schoolboy at five or six. You stay with them the whole way till you're 13. You go off and you play in your Kennedy Cup at under 13. And then if you're of a level, you step into a, a League of Ireland under 14 side at that stage. If you're not at that level, well, then you, you stay with your local league club and continue to enjoy your football and progress there. But just that it's a little bit clearer for parents to understand. Yeah, and I mean, the I, I thought the FAI board vote on, on this, uh, you know, the changing of the timing of the leagues was, was an absolute disgrace. I really mean that. I couldn't see any logic for it. It looked entirely political to me. And the Kennedy Cup has a role, but it's a mess at the moment. Like, it's an absolute mess that the, you know, the, the timings, as you mentioned, and, and the age situation, because, um, the, you know, we, we're coming from a, a low bar here in terms of uh, underage in League of Ireland. It's really in its infancy, a bit like kind of women's sports, and it's only going to get far, far better. And I think, Shane, you know, I've watched some underage games from around, and the quality of the football is, is really remarkable at times. And, like, the standard in the League of Ireland is going to get much better, far better technically, and we need to marry the... You know the disenfranchised sort of uh, non-league element and the and the nursery clubs that maybe do feel a little bit pissed off. We need to marry it all um, for the betterment of Irish football. And I, I do think that the academies in the League of Ireland, all the 
sort of academy heads that I spoke to, I think their heart is entirely in the right place. They want what's best for the footballers of this country in general. And sometimes the club's secondary to that. And I, I think we need to start thinking in that direction because you look at Ireland during the week and some of the young players that the international team have coming through, some of the Mex League of Ireland, we're in a very good place potentially. Yep, 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 I'd agree, yep, I'd agree with that. Agree with that. We've got a few, We've got a few uh, uh, journalist heads journalist knocking heads around there on the call, so don't be shy if anybody wants to jump in so the people aren't, um, so people aren't um, having to just put up with myself and Johnny. God knows we don't want to inflict that on anybody. James Rogers is hovering around there. I think his partisan take on things is warranted tonight. Because I saw him tweeting a few of his stats about it, and I was talking during the game, and he did seem to suggest that... Dundalk had a good chance tonight and, and yeah definitely would welcome James on well James or James Julian or Jonathan or, Jonathan or I see uh, uh, recently uh, departed from Finn Harms Andy Foley, Foley there on the call as well if any of you want to have a chat with us stick the hand up and we'll let you the other one that caught my eye Johnny was they're coming along they're coming along very nicely they're making a real kind of drive for that final playoff spot so they are I was looking tonight so goal scorers Connor Davis Jack Doherty Jimmy Corcoran um they started they with Aaron Dawson from Dinny Corcoran didn't even start. Um, that's um, serious firepower for a first-year team. Connor, Connor Barry, another man, another man getting plenty goals. Lots of firepower Lots of that fire went to the moment, Johnny. Yeah, I think, you know, Ian Ryan has, uh, you know, he's, he's a good reputation as a, as a manager and very interestingly, seemed, seemingly was like in the, very much in the hunt for the Watford job, probably decided that, Hopefully, with a bit of loyalty as well to like, I I do not I would not like the idea of Ian Ryan leaving Wexford. Who gave him a chance, considering it's in its infancy. I don't really like managers just jumping ship when something better comes along. I know you can say loyalty, this loyalty, that, but like, there's a bit of decency involved as well. It's hard to run a, a small League of Ireland first division club, and they're building something with Ian Ryan. So I was delighted he didn't go to Watford, notwithstanding the fact that Watford seemed anyway but he's a good I think he's he signed a lot of good players the problem was that they're conceding a lot of goals but they're very much in that playoff front I, I think Wexford will sneak in around fourth or fifth and as you mentioned great squad depth I think the fact that they train in Carlo IT Shane is definitely an advantage because if you're trying to attract players in the, from Dublin Carlo IT by all accounts facilities are excellent it's not that far from Dublin and it's doable and um, so hopefully Wexford people get behind them because they, they, they do play a nice brand of football um, they've, they've some lovely players as well. They really do. The the Tipperary lad, the left footer, um, Doherty as well. I think he's a really nice footballer. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they they're one of them teams that they could do well in the cup. We we're talking about it tonight uh, in the press box. So we'd love to see Galway United get a run in the cup. But Wexford are one of them teams that that could do well in the cup as well. Yeah, look, yeah, I was there, was there um, um, when they were training at Carlo IT, and it was a, it was a big, big help to us, no doubt, particularly with the, the football degree course um, being so strong there. We were able to pull so many players out of it. Um, does that mean you're relegating three out of the playoff spots, Johnny, if they're sneaking into fifth today? Treaty. So who have we left in? Longford. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a battle now. Wexford and Treaty, and Longford should probably be okay. Um yeah, that could be that. That's gonna go. That's gonna go down to the wire. I think. Um, I I don't know if Treaty quite have the quality. It's 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 gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be tough and big game for you next week. Obviously in Galway. Yeah, 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 certainly. So I'm yeah, just yeah, looking at the fixtures for next week in general, week, Johnny. Draw had a Sligo interest in Shamrock Rovers goals is is the big one. All right, Rovers will very very much be looking to get things back on track very quickly. Derry away, I mean, 
mean, you know, you know, would have thought that was a foregone conclusion a while ago, but all of a sudden, UCD are doing that little bit better. Derry are, you know, it's not a walk in the park now at this stage. Shells at home to Dundalk, again, tough one to call. Harps at home. A lot of, a lot of what you'd call 50-50 games, considering the underdogs are nearly all of the home teams across those games, Johnny. Yeah, I, I never going back going back to the title or the first the Premier Division here. I never thought I'd say this, but like all of a sudden, right, Dundalk on the run they're on with the potential to bring in players with Rovers very very likely having at least four games. Well, they will have four games at least in Europe, and I stand corrected. They may even have more than that, almost guaranteed. Um, and obviously, it's a little bit of an issue with Jack's fitness there. They weren't great tonight. <sighs> They, they literally just could be they could be contenders now. Like they they have a very good manager. They have a brilliant defensive record. I think I think they've conceded like a handful of goals from open play. And um, they've lost two games all season. They've just beaten Shamrock Rovers tonight. Um, they have a lot of young players that seem to be getting better. I I mean I don't know. If, football makes an absolute fool of you because if you were to tell me that Derry have slipped so far, eight going back eight games without a win, and the dog have emerged as the second best team in the League of Ireland, clear second best. I mean, when I saw the, when I saw them, the last time I saw the dog in a full game was when they were nil all in Inchy Core, and I thought they were poor. I thought they were blessed to get a result. They've practically won every game since. Johnny, we just Johnny, got a text from Stan to say there's an awful echo off of me. I could hear the echo. I thought it was only me that could hear the echo, but unfortunately it appears to be everybody. You haven't changed any of your seconds there, have you? I have not actually, um, so I don't know what's going on there. I, I've, I've just home. I'm off Bluetooth, but I sh- it should be normal. We seem to be uh, riddled with technical difficulties tonight, unfortunately. So we are. I can't hear myself echoing now, so I can't. So that's a, a little bit better. James, good man, is going to uh, come in and say hello to us and and fill us in on what he made of the game. How are you getting on, James? Oh, good, Shane. Yeah, how are you keeping? Not too bad at all. Super result. Yeah, yeah, great night in Noria, like, uh, like the place was rocking like the days of old, I suppose, and um, it was actually a very entertaining game, wasn't a lot of chances in it, like, or clear-cut chances anyway, but, uh, you know, good, uh, a good a good uh, game, would have looked good on TV, I'd say, but uh, we won't go into that. <laughs> yeah, that is a fair point. I mean, that's yeah, you're right, that's a no-brainer, that's the sort of game that you wanted on telly. Um, who stood out for you tonight, James? I thought Paul Doyle was exceptional. Um, you know, a lot of good midfielders on either side, but I thought he really stepped up tonight, was brilliant. Um, taken off maybe with about 20 minutes to go, maybe just ran out of steam a little, but uh, he was sensational. A real coming-of-age performance for him tonight. Um, was absolutely excellent. It was absolutely excellent. It's interesting yeah, he, on, on that, James, because he was taken off in that, that aforementioned Pats game. Stephen O'Donnell had a word with him, but it, it, it probably does mean a lot for your ego. If Stephen O'Donnell, one of the best left-footed midfielders I think we've had in the League of Ireland, says, I believe in you, I believe in your position here, I believe in, in where you can be, as almost like the player I was for this team. And look at his improvement since. Yeah, it's been absolutely superb. Um, like he, he basically hasn't put a foot wrong since then. Um, like, you know, it's a big step up. Like he'd only been playing first division football last year so that's a step up for anyone but um like really he's been grown and in, in confidence week by week like a lot of this squad have to be fair um so it's just interesting to see where the the summit of it is now i suppose james what is mark Connolly's situation with the club at the moment well as it stands uh i suppose he's 
played his last home game for the club tonight. Um, he's got a six-month loan deal which ends on June 30th, so he will be eligible for shells away next week. But after that, um, it's very much up in the air still. You say, uh, you say as it stands. Do you believe there's a chance that that could be could be changed yet? Because uh, look, uh, uh, I've only seen you a couple of times myself, but just following kind of people who are there every week, such as yourself, he he seems to have been a standout player so far for you this season. Well, from what I've seen, both in person and and looking obviously at other matches, uh, I haven't seen a better centre half in the league this season. Um, and what he gives those around him as well, like you know, Lewis McCarry has been brilliant since coming in on loan um, Nathan Shepard has been excellent you know, and, and, uh, but he's really organised the back very well and I think a lot of his leadership is you know it's down to him uh, I think look Dundalk need to keep him I think you know I, I don't know what the ins and outs of it are but you know it's 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 as foolproof a signing I think as you can guess like you know in theory Dundalk could sign Jack Byrne tomorrow and he might not fit in or he, you know he mightn't settle or you know like this is a guy they know what they're getting you know he's he's 30 years of age he's got a few years ahead of him um, I'm led to believe he'd like to stay but um, it, it'd be a major statement of intent like I, I, I it's hard not to compare the current Dundalk story to maybe 2013 when Stephen Kenny came in they brought in Brian Gartland that year um, when they weren't maybe expected to uh, challenge, you know, in, in, in the summer. And it's sort of, you know, they went toe-to-toe with Pats for a lot of that year and then subsequently, you know, went on to win it the following year. I'm not saying they'll do that this time, but um, Brian Garton was a huge, huge signing at that time. And I think Mark Conley, as much as he's already there, I think keeping him could have similar effects this year. James, I'm I'm used to you playing things down. All of a sudden, you're telling me this is the second coming of Stephen Kenny. I'm loving this. <laughs> no, I, d- I didn't quite say that, but I, I like you know sometimes <laughs> when you, you know it, it it is harder. Look, Shane, you were in the game yourself. It's harder for as I suppose a summer signing in our league and maybe a a winter signing cross channel to make a, an immediate impact or whatever. But I think you know when you can get someone who makes that sort of a difference. Um, it's absolutely huge. It gives you a real shot in the arm, and I think this it'd give everyone a major lift. I think if they could hold on to him, you know, and hopefully to make it happen from a from a Dodok perspective. Yeah, and and look, I suppose in terms of testing what you're really made of, and whether you are in it for the long haul, away to shells next Friday. That's the kind of real test that you know a team that has intentions of challenging to win a league title needs to go and get three points there. But it's it's a it's a tough one, like. It is because uh, you look back and look at every team will say coulda, shoulda, woulda and, and everything but the the last game at Tolka was one of them where the, the Dock really should have won that game and didn't and there was question marks over the away form. Now they did address that slightly before the break winning away to Derry and away to Harps in the one weekend but it's still only the two away wins this season so look, if you're, if you're going to challenge you'll need more than that. You can't just solely rely on your home form but um, that'd be a good test for them all, all right so uh, one to look forward to no doubt surely is James listen thanks a million for giving us a shout cheers lads fair play Johnny we started late we had technical hitches galore it's fair to say we've suffered a little bit of a uh, mid-season hangover I think Yes, it no, is, Shane. No. Sorry, I was just muted there because I think I might have been um, partly responsible for that echo. Uh, we we have had this was uh, we've come back like as if we were still we're, like we we're very hungover. Just briefly though, right? 
Dundalk's next three games, Shells, UCD, Drada, then Pats and Harps. So that's five games. The next three games, Shells, UCD, Drada, um, <laughs> St. Pats and Harps. Could you see? You could nearly see them winning at least four of, of those five games. And uh, are they going to strengthen then? Don't have Europe to worry about. It's a mad game. You're getting excited about Johnny. I I didn't. I honestly did not. I I thought. I mean, I don't think anyone expected this, but you'd have to say now they're not a million miles off challenging because of the run they're on, the progress that they likely make. But the one thing I definitely didn't expect. I mean, I I do have a habit of overreacting to one game, but if you watched Jerry and Tala and you told me that they'd go on this run since, I literally would just, I just laugh at you. And there you go. Johnny, hit yourself on mute there, so I can say goodbye to everybody. There we go, Shane. <laughs> Folks, listen, for those who stuck with us through those technical glitches, apologies. We promise you we will be back on top form for next week's show um, where we'll see if, if Dundalk can continue to apply the pressure at the top. And we'll uh, chat about all the other interesting stories of the week. And uh, let's get the callers back on as well. We hadn't half enough callers tonight. <laughs>